G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Foundations. You have to understand, they thought they were protecting their people from this evil, evil, evil religion from a traitorous Jew who betrayed his people. So they thought they were protecting their people. Foundations. Understanding the Jewish foundations of our Christian faith. With Robbo Robinson and Mandy Warby. Christians love Isaiah 53 because it describes in vivid detail what Messiah was going to do through his personal sacrifice and the suffering he would endure. And we don't love it because of the suffering that it details, but because it so accurately describes Jesus Christ. But over the past 2,000 years, the Jewish rabbis and religious teachers have had a very different view of this amazing chapter. And when they didn't know how to deal with it, They actually did something quite astounding. We're going to find out more about that on this program as we look at Isaiah 53. Yeah, we love Isaiah 53. It describes perfectly this suffering servant who was going to die in place of and for the sins of his people and and then be raised up again, Mm. you know, victorious. And in the, um, you know, before Jesus Christ lived on the earth, the traditional, historical, um, view and understanding of that particular passage in Isaiah was that it was talking about a Messiah, about a particular mm-hmm. individual. So this is how the, what the Jews believed that that was talking about Messiah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A- absolutely. Before Jesus was born, it was all about the coming Messiah. And then after Jesus died, rose again, and his fame spread, and the what they called a sect of Christianity just grew, just exploded. Mm. First of all, and particularly in the first decade, it was all Jews. And then after that, it was embraced by the Gentile world. And of course, this posed a problem for the Jewish people, particularly once you get to the third and fourth centuries when Christianity became the official religion, the persecution that the Jewish people collectively and individually experienced at the hands of Christians was appalling. Mm. I mean, The Christian church has done amazing things in the last 2,000 years. This is a serious blight on on church history of how we've treated the Jewish people. And so in the Jewish mind, the um, Christian was number one enemy. And as a result, absolutely hated Jesus, thinking that he was the traitor Mm. that basically has led all of these people to treat the Jewish people so badly, which Mm. we know is not true, but... Hey, reality is perception, you know. <laughs> but now, we don't have time to read the whole of chapter 53 of the book of Isaiah, but I just want to point out some identifying um, marks or characteristics of who Isaiah is talking to. Okay, so it says that the strong arm of the Lord revealed an individual, and this individual was going to grow up to be considered uh, very, very special but nothing to look at, Mm. nothing physically, you know, attractive. That this man would be despised, he'd be rejected, he would know a lot of sorrow and grief. Uh, This man 
would carry the sorrows and griefs of all of those who actually despised him um, and on himself and, and they would not esteem or honour him for his efforts. This man would be stricken and afflicted by God. He would be pierced and crushed for the sins of others, but his suffering would result in peace and healing for those that he was suffering for. When he suffered, he would do so silently. He would do it without complaint or protest or objection. And this man would actually be killed for the sins of others, even though he himself would be guilty of absolutely no sin, no violence. There would be no deceit in him. In fact, his soul would be considered an offering for the guilt of others. When he died, he would be numbered among sinners in spite of the fact that he was sinless. And his body would actually be buried with rich, with the rich and the wealthy. Uh, his offspring, which is more precise to actually say those who would obtain life because of his sacrifice, would prosper and his own life would be prolonged, which would mean that if he was going to die for the sins of the people but have a prolonged life, he was going to come back. Mm. He was going to gain his life yeah. back. He would take it back again. He'd rise from the dead. Um, out of his anguish and suffering, he would receive reward and honor and that he'd previously been denied because he was despised and rejected. And then after his sacrifice and willingness to pay for the sins of others, he now makes intercession on their behalf. This is, you know, like what person does that? (laughs) Dies on behalf of all these sinful people who hate and reject and despise him. Mm. And then once he comes back, he actually spends his time interceding for them and praying for them. Now, until about a thousand years ago, All the wise men, as we said before, of Israel, the sages, the rabbis, they all understood that Isaiah 53 was about the Messiah. And again, the claim of anybody to say otherwise, they were rejected as heretics. There was a a famous rabbi, his name is uh, Rashi, I believe. And when he first started touting a different interpretation of Isaiah 53, in other words, not about the Messiah, but about the Jewish people, being the subject of this suffering servant, that they, a collective nation mm. was suffering, he was rejected as a heretic. But because of this Christian anti-Semitism that became rabid hatred of the, 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 Jew, the Jewish people and persecution, um, that began to be more and more palatable. Mm. Well, it kind yeah. of makes sense in some respects. If you don't want Jesus to be Messiah... It kind of makes sense to then deflect that to say, well, maybe it's about us as a nation. You know, it's about yeah. the Jewish people, particularly because they were being, they were suffering so badly. Mm. They were hated. They were despised. They were yeah. rejected. And See, so, there's elements that are true in that, isn't there? There are elements that are true. That that's correct, but it's still wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. And so, but what they did was, how how did they how do they deal with that? The problem was, or the the solution for them. Uh, on how to deal with this problem was to simply remove it. Mm. So instead of just trying to explain it, they literally removed it from their sacred texts. Wow. So, so the whole chapter is just gone. The whole chapter gone. Wow. Don't don't forget that the I think the chapters and verse markers came in about was it the thirteenth or fourteenth mm. century or something, yeah. so much later date. But however they did it, they simply removed it. If mm. it's not there, you don't read it. If yeah. you don't read it, you don't ask questions about it. Mm-hmm. And then you're not going to investigate and come to what they thought. See, you have to understand they thought they were protecting their people from this evil, evil, evil religion from a traitorous Jew who betrayed his people. Yeah. So they thought they were protecting their people. 
Well, that might be a solution on the one hand, but I guess that also uh, creates some alternate problems as well, doesn't it? It's actually mentioned in a whole lot of other sacred texts mm. as well. Yep. Like there are um, references to um, the suffering servant in Isaiah 53 being the Messiah in um, – there are lots and lots of texts. I've got just a handful of them written in the notes. Targum Jonathan – does it? The Talmud itself talks about the suffering servant in in Isaiah being mm. the Messiah. Isaiah fifty three. Uh, in the Midrash, it also says that the suffering servant in Isaiah fifty three was the Messiah. The Jewish prayer book for the Day of Atonement says the same thing. The Zohar, which is a book of Jewish mysticism, I'm not saying any of these are inspirational, like scripture. What I'm saying is, is that they acknowledge and recognise mm. that Isaiah fifty three and the suffering servant is actually the Jewish Messiah, yeah. not the nation of Israel. So they've got this conflict already. This is what we're telling people, and this is what our sacred writings are also telling, which is conflicted. Mm. So you've, you, so if you just take it out, one, you still can't get rid of all these other sacred texts identifying Messiah in Isaiah 53. If you put it back in, people are going to ask questions. So then you've got to say, well, it's it's about the Jewish people. Yeah. I guess the issue with that is you've got, obviously there are elements of truth, the, the persecution, the suffering, yeah. but then the fact that it's a sinless uh, person or sinless individual isn't necessarily reflective of the Jewish nation, though, is it? Well, no. That's the other. That's the other thing because this suffering servant in Isaiah fifty three, good point, is pointing out that it's talking about somebody who's sinless, who's perfect, who's guileless, who's got no imperfections mm. or error or wrong in him. Well, you can't really say that about the Jewish people yeah. because Isaiah himself goes on to describe that judgment is coming because they've been so sinful. And the whole rest of all of the Old Covenant scriptures all relay, relay this repetitious history that they have of going from righteousness to sin to rebellion to judgment to repentance to righteousness mm. to sin. And so it's this cycle. See, they can't say that we are a sinless, guileless, perfect people who are suffering wrongly. It doesn't fit. So next time we're going to explore that some more. We'll dig a bit deeper into that particular claim in Isaiah 53. That's next time on Foundations. This has been Foundations, a look at the Jewish foundations of our Christian faith. For study notes, resources and more, see vision.org.au slash foundations. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.